Welcome to the Breathing God podcast. I'm your host, Gretchen Rodriguez. Last week, I shared a vision that the Lord gave me for you. And if you haven't heard it or read it on the Elijah List website, I encourage you to to do that. Um, In this vision, the Lord shared that love is our stabilizing force. Even if that was all he said, that would have been a lot to process. That sentence alone, love is your stabilizing force, is worth pondering and praying over so that we can get more wisdom and revelation of what it means. And again, I've said this so many times, but I will say it again. When you hear something from the Lord, whether it's through a podcast or an email or a friend or the word of God or something he tells you in the quiet of your spirit, anytime something comes alive inside of your heart, honor it by writing it down so that you can come back to it over and over again. It is not enough to be zealous to hear God. It is not enough to encounter him, to see visions, to see in the spirit. If you don't grow from it, if you don't learn from it, and if it doesn't get deeper into your spirit. Um, so write it down, pray over the things you hear. Doesn't matter if it comes through the mouth of someone else. If something speaks to your heart, Honor it and go deeper. Find out why it feels alive to you. Go into that with Jesus. So as I was preparing for today's podcast, this theme of love kept bubbling in my spirit. And when I prayed into it, all of a sudden I started feeling that spiritual vertigo that I had in this vision I'm talking about. And I could feel the temptation to yield to concerns again. Um, And so I knew that this is what's happening with some of you, that yes, you receive all of this encouragement that's coming forth on this podcast and in many other places, but you're feeling really maybe overwhelmed or just really tempted to freak out and be concerned about stuff. When our... Um, thoughts, our emotions, anything, you know, any of our internal gaze, when it moves off of the Lord and onto what we're concerned about, it destabilizes us because fear is not rooted in love. And for us to be sure-footed, we must root ourselves in love. Love isn't an idea or a temporary experience, it is alive. It is the Lord and his word, which are inseparable. And when you soak in the word, you are soaking in his love. It's living, powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. That's Hebrews 4.12. It divides between soul and spirit so that you can see which thoughts and beliefs align with truth and which are keeping you from walking in God's best. The more you get used to hearing him through scripture, the easier it is to believe that he will speak to you at other times. It's easy to believe someone who loves you wants to speak to you. So I want to share 
because I really feel the Lord um, prompted me a number of times today as I was preparing for this podcast to share a vision that he gave me, um, oh gosh, I don't know, two or three years ago. But before I share it, if it's possible for you to step away from all distractions and just sit quietly, close your eyes and posture your heart before the Lord and really engage with what the Holy Spirit wants to show you through this vision. Envision it. There's nothing wrong with seeing things in your imagination. If what you're imagining is centered on Jesus, if what you're seeing in the quiet of your heart aligns with scripture and is fueled by your desire to know God, then you don't have to worry about being deceived. You just lean into truth. The Holy Spirit is inside of you and he knows how to warn you if something's not him, right? So just close your eyes and allow your imagination, allow the Holy Spirit to paint this picture in your heart. So one morning I'm quietly waiting on the Lord, just laying before him and waiting on him. And I heard this phrase internally, his majesty. It felt like an announcement of Jesus's arrival. And I knew that I was about to experience Jesus as King. All of a sudden I was directly in front of the cross, moving straight into Jesus's blood drenched feet and ankles and through them through the cross. And on the other side of the cross was the throne room. Jesus was standing in front of the throne and I was about a foot away looking directly at him. I was awestruck at the sight of Jesus's kingly attire. It, it only looked a little bit like earthly clothes. I don't know how to explain it. It was alive as if it was breathing. Before I could ask about it or try to understand what I saw, I noticed a cloud inside of his chest moving across his chest. Strands of hair just above his shoulders were moving real, just gently like waves of the sea. And then all of a sudden I realized that they were the waves of the sea. He opened his mouth wide and I heard the seas churning within him. I actually tasted the salty ocean air. I looked at his toes each one was a mountain. His fingertips were speckled with stars and light was streaming from them. He turned his head and I saw the earth inside of his ear. Inside of his stomach, I saw galaxies, radiant, shimmering, brilliant colors. And in his eyes, I saw fire purity. I wanted to fall to my knees and worship, but his gaze held me up. Before I could do or think anything else, his face became the sun and the sun then lifted up above his head and his face became the moon. I was looking everywhere now, scanning every part that was filled with everything that exists. And I knew 
Humanity was scattered throughout him, but I couldn't see us. I had this thought that wherever I was inside of him, I was probably too tiny to find. Immediately in response to this unspoken thought, Jesus flung flung open his arms. He stepped closer and pulled me into a tight embrace. You are right here, he said. You're right here. I wasn't tiny or insignificant. I was face to face, cheek to cheek. His embrace literally pulled me into him. I filled every part of him. My face went into his face, shoulders into his shoulders, legs into his legs. I was absorbed into all he is and he was absorbed into me. I felt his arms wrapped around me, even though I was one with him. And Acts 17 verse 28 reverberated inside of me, vibrating through every cell and making me feel alive in ways I've never experienced. And that verse says, in him we live and move and have our being. This verse just, it just became alive. All that the Lord created is a part of him. But you are the one he's reaching for. You are what holds his attention. Everything exists in him. But he chose to dwell inside of you. When the Lord looks at the earth, at all of the spectacular things that he made, his eyes settle on you. You are what catches his attention. You are what he holds and and also fills with the fullness of who he is in all of creation nothing compares to you you are who he died for you are his beloved and his heart is thrilled at the sight of you he declares over you from song of songs chapter 4 and verse 7 every part of you is so beautiful my darling You are the pure and spotless bride, made that way not because of what you've done, but because of his love for you. You are not tiny, insignificant, or undesirable. God loves you. He hears you. He's with you. You were created to feel his love, to encounter him, and to know him. It's only fear that makes us feel separate from him. But the more we come to him, the more free we get from fear. 1 John 4.18 says that perfect love cast out fear. I was bound by fear um, most of my life, even after soaking in his love for many years. I think what made the difference was when I decided that God was worth all of me, even my need to understand the things that I don't yet understand. I decided that either he is God or he's not. And since he is, then he's worth me surrendering my need to control everything. He's worthy of me being okay with the mystery of why things do or do not turn out the way I think they should. Um, God doesn't fit into our mental boxes. He's much, much too big for our little mental boxes. That's why we need the mind of Christ. That's why we have it. 
um, first Corinthians chapter two and verse 14 says that the, it's the natural mind, right? The natural mind doesn't receive the things of the spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. These are spiritual things that we're getting tripped up on. And we really shouldn't. One of our greatest hindrances to walking in freedom is our mind. But what sets us free from the imprisonment of fear is letting the love of God go from our heads to our hearts. We don't start out trying to understand love. It first must come alive in our hearts. Then it can move, you know, back to our heads and heal us from doubt and fear, overthinking, reasoning, and trying to control. Again, it has to go from our head to our heart. There it comes alive. And once it's alive, it can move back to our head. And then all of a sudden we, we notice our thinking is completely different than it used to be. I'm still tempted to fear. Um, I still deal with thoughts that loop and try to drag me into that snare again. But when that happens, I process my emotions with the Lord and then I lay it all at his feet again and again and again, however many times I have to. I keep emptying myself of these distractions because I want I want to process emotions. I want to get healed. I want to understand and love myself but I want to be consumed with him because self-love is good, but it also mustn't become more important to us than loving him and knowing that he loves us. One of the things that happens when we really believe he loves us is that we can finally trust him. So if you feel stuck, I encourage you, like the vision I shared in that last podcast, emerge yourself in his word. A practical way to move the knowledge of his love from your head to your heart is to focus on scriptures about God's love. When a verse or a few words spark that life inside of you, again, write them down. And then ask the Holy Spirit to reveal something more, something personal. There's a reason you were touched, so ask him to show you. I'm going to give you an example. Um, the verse I mentioned earlier from Song of Songs, chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, every part of you is so beautiful, my darling. Perfect is your beauty without flaw within. So you take that verse, read it slowly. Allow the words to draw you to Jesus. Let each word hold meaning in your heart as you envision Jesus declaring his love over you. Then you might ask him a question like, um, Jesus, I don't feel beautiful. Is that really how you see me? And then as you hold your focus on the Lord in just this quiet attentiveness, you might hear a word or a phrase start rising from your heart to your mind. So for example, maybe you just hear one word like beautiful. You know, you don't always need an entire sentence from him. One word can be incredibly powerful. Just imagine Jesus whispering, beautiful, beautiful beautiful to you over and over again what would that do to your heart lies of worthlessness or ugliness they don't stand a chance in someone whose heart echoes those words so spend time in the word soak in what he says to you 
I absolutely love the Song of Songs in the Passion Translation. If you heard my interview with Brian Simmons, you know that it really helped me in a very hard and dry time in my life. It reignited the flames of my passion for Jesus. So it's a beautiful book to soak in. And then spend time with the Lord. Set aside time in the mornings to quiet your heart as you rest in his presence. Listen, look, and expect, very gently expecting God to show you things and speak to you. And then walk in the awareness of him throughout the day. Stay connected to the Holy Spirit. It's just a simple returning of your attention to him in love over and over and over all day long. It's such a beautiful place, this place of connection and communication. And and you never have to feel guilty if your thoughts, you know, if you haven't thought of him, say, for an hour or two hours or 10 minutes. Never feel guilty. Just turn right back into him. I'm going to leave you today with some wisdom from Brother Lawrence. He was a Carmelite monk from the 1600s. And if you haven't read the book, The Practice of the Presence of God, I highly, highly recommend it. I'm sure those of you who have read it right now, you're going, oh yeah, that's good. Maybe it's time to break that book out again, right? But this is what Brother Lawrence said. He said, believe me, count as loss each day that you have not used in loving God. And I, I, I want to pray for you before we close out today. I feel such a sense of the Holy Spirit, such a sense of his love for you. I can tell that even though some of you have been tempted to get distracted and overly concerned, I can feel this hope rising in you again. I can feel that some of you have actually stepped into this new year with a sense of, you know, this lion's roar inside of your spirits. I can feel that you are being drawn by love and that you are saying, yes, that's what I want. And yes, that's what I'm going after. And no, I don't really know exactly how to do it, but I'm, I'm doing it anyway. So Father, I pray for every single person that's listening that love becomes alive to them, that they would honor your love, that they would soak in your love, and that you would allow their desire to be loved, to be enough, to draw you like a magnet in a way that overwhelms every force of fear. And Father, even right now, I just see fear um, coming off of them like shackles, these metal rusted out shackles. They're not just opening. They are literally dissolving like dust and that they are rising up victorious because they may not know a lot, but I can feel, I can feel the sense of Love is enough. Love is enough. Love is enough. I know that love is stabilizing me and I'm going to turn into his love every day. And so I just say yes and amen to that prayer. I say yes and amen to the desire that is burning inside of your hearts right now. 
I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your goodness and your love and your faithfulness. I thank you that love is our stabilizing force and we choose to honor love. We choose to stay tuned into your presence. We choose to set our internal gaze in every part of us before you. We surrender all over and over and over again, Lord. We don't ever want to pick ourselves back up off that altar. We want to be fully consumed with you. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord. Yeah, and I want to invite all of you um, this coming Monday. Um, I think that would be January, um, let's see. January 17th, 18th, and 19th on my Facebook author page, we are going to do three days of encountering God together, three days of fasting. We're going to use my, um, we're going to use my devotional book called The Encounter. And I, you can go on my author page for more details. I believe we're going to start at 4 p.m. Central. And we won't go for too long, maybe 30 minutes, possibly longer, but I I aim for an average of about 30 minutes. We're going to read one of the devotions from there together. So if you don't have the book and you'd like it, you can get that on Amazon. You don't need it. I'm going to read it to you, but it would be helpful to you to have it, I'm sure. Um, So let's do it together. You don't have to fast fully. I want you to fast whatever Holy Spirit puts on your heart. Um you could fast TV, you could fast social media, you could fast anything that is a distraction. Um, because this is about intimacy with Jesus, about knowing him and setting our hearts to hear him. So I'd love for you to join me and I hope to see you then. And until then, I bless you with the beautiful wonder of God's love. This is Gretchen Rodriguez. Thank you for joining me on the Breathing God podcast. If you think this will be a blessing to someone, please share it. And if it stirred your heart or even raised questions, I'd love to hear from you. Please leave a comment. If you'd like to sign up for my bi-weekly encouraging emails, enjoy a free lesson from my devotional writing e-course, or discover some other goodies, go to GretchenRodriguez.com. Thank you.